0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott
0: Mason.
2: Play like a Jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets.
0: Rodgers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. Hey!
3: snaps it quick, scrambles
2: to his right, pumps it, runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen, tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards. For the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank
5: you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And it's time to talk about some news surrounding the New York Jets and their best defensive player, Quentin Williams. Also, we're going to go around the horn, talk about what the Jets did this offseason and how they stack up with the other teams in the AFC East now with a return guest, Henry McKenna, who covers the AFC East for Fox Sports. Henry, thanks for coming back on the show, man.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate the uh, the return invite. Always good to get a, a second second shot out here.
5: Always good to have you on the show, Henry, and I hope we can do this more often. But I hope the next time we're talking, it's to discuss Quinn and Williams signing a contract instead of a yeah. holdup in him not signing a contract. So let's begin right. with that. You had a report over at FoxSports.com in terms of what's holding this up, where Quinn and Williams and the Jets are both at right now. Talk to me a little bit about what you reported and where things are at the moment.
1: Yeah, so the Jets um, are in a tough salary cap bind after signing aaron Rodgers, they had to move a bunch of their salary uh of his salary cap hit to 2024 which means that right now they're they're well over the cap for next year that is not a huge problem they can do something similar where they move the cap uh rogers's cap hit into 2025 when next year rolls around uh but that is really only possible if he doesn't retire. So, they're trying to figure out what is financially feasible um for them. And it looks like just re- looking at the numbers, they expect Rodgers to play 2 years at least. So, but who knows with him? I mean, he could retire at any moment. And obviously he's going to finish this year, the 2023 season, but that that the reason why I'm talking about Rodgers before even mentioning Quinnen Williams is because he's created this huge potential conundrum for New York as they try and figure out how to pay the other players on the roster. And Quinnen Williams is asking for top dollar. He wants to get paid somewhere in the range of 25 million a year to 30 million a year, um, according to a source close to Quinnen. Um, And that's, that's big money. It's not Aaron Donald money. The, the ask is, is below Aaron Donald, but it's above the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league, which is Jeffrey Simmons over in Tennessee. So, um, it will be a question of whether the jets can, I think the jets want Quinnen Williams. Uh, Robert Salas said last week that the, that he has full faith that Joe Douglas is going to get this deal done. And I think to me, that just shows how maybe maybe Salah doesn't know for sure. But at the very least, he wouldn't say that if he didn't really want the deal to get done. Um, So the Jets are issuing sort of like votes of confidence on their end. Um, You know, it feels like Quentin Williams's camp is trying to push for more money. And eventually they'll land, I think, in a happy medium at some point before training camp kicks off. Uh, there, that will that will probably create a little more urgency for both sides.
5: I had said that somewhere between the Donald deal and what Jeffrey Simmons just got is probably the sweet spot. So maybe something along the lines of four years for somewhere between a hundred and hundred and five million, with about seventy to seventy-five million dollars guaranteed. You think that's probably where this ends up? Because as you say in your piece at FoxSports.com. There's no way that the Jets and Quinn and Williams don't work this out at some point. It's just a matter of how many years and how much money it's going to cost, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the it, just like any contract negotiation, those are the two biggest sticking points, and then the last thing is often guaranteed money, how much money he he is set to get, and and it keeps going back to that Rogers contract because they really only have about seven million in cap space this year, and then depending on where you look you know they're, they're either way over the cap um by 40 million dollars according to over the cap um or they're in the lower range of like 7 million um and i don't know why there's such a big discrepancy between those two numbers i think spotrack is the number is the website that's listing it as 7 million in 2024 um and over the cap is listing as 40 million over um, so that's obviously a massive gulf. I think maybe Spotrac is a- a- accounting for the potential that they're going to extend the deal past 2024. I-, I don't know. It's a weird projection that they they have, and I- I've never seen um, a discrepancy this big between the two widely considered the best websites for salary cap numbers. Um, but if it's if it is 41 over. That is a really hard number for the Jets to figure out where they're going to put the bulk of this money in these first two years. Because a player is going to want a lot of guaranteed money and and they're going to want it within the first two years. That's just kind of how deals typically work. And then teams on the flip side, they tried what's called backload the deal. Um, They want players paid at the end, basically so that they can cut the guy before they give him the big money. Uh, or trade them or whatever they need to do. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, I think like, like I said, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reasons for um, this to all come together pretty easily. And um, if not for the Aaron Rodgers contract. And so that's what the, that's what the problem is for both sides, frankly, is that Quinnen, Quinnen Williams is a no brainer to re-sign
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Henry, every Jets fan is happy right now that the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it just seems to me that the Jets knew they were getting Aaron Rodgers for a couple of months They didn't know exactly when it was going to happen, but they knew it was going to happen and they knew what Aaron Rodgers' contract was. They knew they would have to rework it. It feels crazy to me that they wouldn't have come up with something well ahead of time to deal with this so that you wouldn't have the Quinton Williams situation lingering over the franchise. They knew for months, they had warning. Why wouldn't they have had something in place or at least figured out a tentative plan to get to where they needed to get to?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think the biggest answer is is given the uncertainty that Aaron Rodgers presents for the future of this franchise, they don't they can't make really firm long-term commitments um because Rodgers is going <laughs> to Rodgers is going to Rodgers. He's going to be um tentative and in in you know, inconsistent and Cryptic about his future at all times. And he even did that like in the opening press conference. It was like, hey, I'm gonna play in 2023, and then I don't know what's gonna happen after. And he sort of clarified and sort of suggested that he wants to play in 2024, but he'll see what happens. You know, one of those like super soft um wink, wink I might play, but like I need a, a way out uh in the event that I don't want to play. Um, so that's sort of what happens is like these salary cap situations are really dependent upon if a player retires or not. And if a player doesn't retire, then their salary cap number is more flexible when they retire. You you have to stop all these void years. They they kind of like the bill comes due. Um, and this is all like super technical speak. So I'll, I'll stop now because it's probably boring, but that's the problem is there are a lot of really technical elements where everybody always says the cap is crap and and that's kind of true but sometimes when you treat the cap like crap you can really have a, a big problem and so for now uh the jets have no problem this year but you know sort of like a complicated situation coming up next year and if rogers retires it becomes really problematic
5: Henry, let's talk about the Jets' offseason now. Beyond Quinn and Williams, there is, of course, Aaron Rodgers. And I want to get to the other moves they made, including the draft. But first, your thoughts on how the Jets handled the quarterback situation, their pursuit of Rodgers, ultimately the deal that landed him. I know that last year you were very hard on the Jets because of the failure of Zach Wilson, at least to this point. And deservedly so. Zach Wilson deserved the criticism and the Jets deserved the criticism for missing on him, or at least to this point, it appears that they missed on him. What are your thoughts overall of what went down in the offseason at the quarterback position for the Jets?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm actually writing a story for next week about what the what's next for Zach Wilson and how they would proceed with him, um, because even that is sort of a complicated situation for New York. But um, just looking at the compensation for Aaron Rodgers, I think they made a really big bet on him. Um, You know, if they only get him for a year or two, this is a that's a they took a big expense uh, for him. And it makes sense because, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's a top five, you know, top five ish quarterback. Uh, he had a rough year last year, which is why I say ish. But um, otherwise, you know, he's pretty much the consensus top three guy. Um, but it, given how good the top five quarterbacks are right now, I think there's some question. So you, you pay big draft assets for a guy like that. And it makes sense. It's just that he's got such a limited window on on how long he'll play. And he's a headache because you don't know. He's never transparent about what's going on, even though he claims to be, he's got, he's got a lot of, uh, Oh, I did this. And then obviously the team is like, well, no, you didn't. Um, that happened a lot in green Bay. Um, so there's always two sides of the story, uh, with Rogers. Um, so I, I guess my point is that was a big pay for him and he, he's got to deliver the, the jets have to deliver. Um, both of them have to make this marriage work. And, I mean, really, I don't know. I, I hate to set such high expectations, but anything short of a Super Bowl appearance feels, or let's say an AFC championship game appearance, like that feels, especially if Rogers retires afterward, that feels tough uh, for the, the the Jets to have paid all this draft capital and money and cap space to to come up sort of short. But I think what's realistic is, you know, they they make a playoff run this year, Rodgers comes back. Um hopefully they they really contend for a Super Bowl next year. Um or or maybe they can win one this year. But uh anything really short of Super Bowl contention for this team, then it doesn't make sense that they paid all this capital to get an old near near end of his career quarterback. Um, So I don't know. It's tough. It's a really tough deal to evaluate because of how short Rodgers' potential window is one to two years left in the NFL.
5: When it comes to the short window you're discussing, Henry, as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers, one thing that struck me is that the talent around Aaron Rodgers here with the Jets hasn't changed much from what the roster was last season. Now, they will presumably get Makai Becton back and they had the draft which added some talent and we'll get to that they went out and got Chuck Clark but beyond that they added Alan Lazard but lost Elijah Moore I'd argue that's probably around a push and Elijah Moore certainly has more upside so it's possible Elijah Moore ends up being better than Alan Lazard I talked to Mark Ross who was the right-hand man to Jerry Reese in the Giants front office about all of this and one thing that he said to me is, if you're going to put yourself in the position where you have a short window to contend with Aaron Rodgers, you've got to do everything you can to put elite pieces around him. And so that's why you talk about a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, whose timeline sort of seems to match up with Aaron Rodgers. He's got two years left on his deal at $34 million, which isn't insane when you think about the receiver market. So you would think that the Jets would go out and make more, quote unquote, win now moves like DeAndre Hopkins, but they haven't really... Done that. The roster seems to be right around where it was last year. Is that surprising to you? And what do you think of the moves or lack thereof that the Jets made so far this offseason?
1: Yeah, it's a good point because, uh, and it, I will only make one reference of Aaron Rodgers's contract in this answer, but that is a factor here, right? They can, they're struggling to re sign their own talent, let alone um, adding a big name talent like. DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, they're still limited there. They did a good job playing small ball. Uh, So like the Chuck Clark edition, I kind of love that deal. Um, He's going to play, he's going to start at safety for them, I think. And I think he'll be a high impact addition um, through the trade market. I think uh, Alan Lazard was interesting i don't love him as a player but i know they were kind of working off of the supposed checklist that doesn't exist but that almost definitely exists which is aaron rogers sort of demands because as we've learned in the last month or so the jets knew long before the rest of us that aaron Rodgers wanted to go to new york he made it clear to them even though he did not make it clear to the rest of the world um and that's why there were so many false starts on reporting Aaron Rodgers deal like I remember Trey Wingo was one of the first people to be like it's done it's happening and you can imagine that that report happened because um the Jets leaked out the info immediately after hearing from Rogers but then Rodgers' team got upset and they were like, no, Aaron wants to announce it. So then everybody had to unreport what they reported. Um, so clearly the Alan Lazard deal, I think, was made with the mind of getting Aaron Rodgers a guy he wanted. Um, so that's, I think, like good for the offense in general. The, the position, I think, that went unaddressed was tackle. Makai Beckton is the starter, you know, on the right and Dwayne Brown on the left and... Those guys, we don't know how their health is going to look. Um, so you've got a guy like Max Mitchell. You've got a guy like Carter Warren. Um, and I don't know whether if the starters go down, they are ready to be contributors. Um and that's such an important position, obviously. So you kind of need, if you want to be a championship contender, you really want to have a third tackle. And then the last thing um, that I'll say is this team is still really young. And so you look at where, you know, maybe they didn't make a big ad, for example, a receiver. Um, they, made, they made an ad to get a really true wide receiver too alan lazard um they added their depth at wide receiver three with McCole hardman but then the thing that they're banking on is that garrett will garrett wilson is really a wide receiver one and i think that is a reasonable bet because my goodness did he look good in year one offensive rookie of the year i mean we could be talking about him in the sort of the same sentence as justin jefferson and jamar chase next year given the fact that Aaron Rodgers is is quarterback I, I mean i i've been trying desperately to trade for Garrett Wilson in dynasty so i know it doesn't look amazing on the depth chart yet because wilson you know isn't isn't a household name per se outside of new york um but this is the year that everybody kind of gives him his props as not just the offensive rookie of the year but Maybe a contender to be one of the best receivers in the league this year. Aaron Rodgers is going to just do, I think, wonders for Wilson's career. Henry,
5: let's talk about the draft. The Jets surprised a lot of people with the Will McDonald pick. But the more I thought about it, the more I've gotten on board with it. And obviously, the more I've watched Will McDonald, the more I've gotten on board with it. A very talented player. Some would argue that maybe the Jets took him a little earlier than they needed to, but you know how it goes. If they didn't get a trade-down offer that they really liked and they felt like they weren't going to be able to get him in the second round, at that point, you take the player you like. Of course, there was all the conjecture about the New England Patriots potentially trading out on purpose to try and hurt the Jets because they thought the Jets wanted Broderick Jones, who the Steelers jumped up to take. So there's a lot involved there. And then the rest of the players that the jets got all seem to be useful players. But as we said, win now team and a lot of the guys they got aren't necessarily going to make an impact day one, Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin might be an exception to that. He's going to battle for a starting job right away with Connor McGovern. What'd you think of how the jets did in the draft?
1: I I think it's good drafting. I think um, when you, this is going to be really mean. So sorry, jets fans, but when a team gets to be as good as the Jets are, which I know, <laughs> I know Jets fans aren't super familiar with this at this point. Uh, it's been a while. But the the roster is so well equipped that you don't have to draft players who are going to be day one starters. You, like Look at what the Bills do. Look at what the Patriots have long done. You don't take guys on day one of the draft or day two of the draft and definitely not day three of the draft, that you're going to need for day one of the NFL season. You want to get a guy who has developmental upside, and you want to put him in an environment where he can actually healthily develop. Um, You don't want to... I mean, look at Zach Wilson. Like, you don't want to break the guy before he has the chance to develop. And I think the Jets did that with him. I mean, he, he really... We, what we saw was that he really needed the time to sit on a a roster and learn before they rushed him onto the field. And not every guy is like that. A lot of guys will learn by being on the field and at excelling. But you, but the luxury of being able to get the guy in the building and decide after working with him, okay, this guy needs to like practice for half the season before we put him into the, the game in a big role. I think that's like a really, uh great luxury for a young player uh whose head is spinning as they develop in, into an nfl player so you look at this draft class and i and i like the composition of it they took going all the way to round seven when they got zach Kuntz, um a tight end out of old dominion they're taking upside players who are uh compelling prospects uh maybe not for year one but for down the line and that goes that goes for Will McDonald, who will have a role in in the Jets rotation off the edge, but won't be a starter. And and then you've got like like you said, Joe Tittman is the obvious exception. He's gonna start in week one, in my opinion. They just love him, clearly. And Connor McGovern is not on a contract where you can sort of expect him to to be. Like, if they paid him more or gave him more guaranteed money, I'd be like, maybe Joe Titman isn't going to start. But but you look at the numbers there, and you can see that the team wasn't really committed to him when they re-signed him. So, Titman probably wins out. McGovern either, you know, probably ends up as their, their backup interior player in New York. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I think uh, last season, it was a very different philosophy. They took – they were super aggressive to get players – That they knew could play right away. Um, This year it's a little bit different. And it's because the roster has changed so significantly over the last 18 months.
5: Henry, you're uniquely qualified to answer this question. The AFC East now is going to be, on paper at least it seems, very competitive. You've got the Bills as the favorite. And then the Jets and Dolphins appear to be neck and neck. The Patriots, roster-wise at least... Don't seem like they're going to be able to stack up with the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. But as we know, crazier things have happened, especially as it pertains to the Patriots. They tend to overshoot expectations a lot. Talk to me about where you see the Jets in terms of where the AFC East is right now. Because we talk all about how the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and the different moves they've made. But the other teams in the division have made moves too. It hasn't just been the Jets. So you can't just look at the Jets and say they improved, therefore they are at this spot now because you also have to take into account what the other teams did. So as somebody who covers the entire AFC East, what do you think in terms of where the Jets are at and what's going to happen in the AFC East this year?
1: There, There might not be a more challenging division to project because of how good these teams are. I think obviously some some divisions we see surprises where a team kind of comes out of nowhere. I think we we kind of know how good all these teams are, but they're all so good that we don't know which one's going to kind of get the lucky breaks and emerge as the top team. I think Jets look like the best team. I mean, they given like the Bills are the team that has sort of the division on lock recently and and so you can like them all you want but we started to see cracks appearing in their roster at the end of last year and that was partially because they dealt with a lot of injuries but that's just the nfl nowadays you play 18 weeks um and then you get to the postseason you're going to be dealing with injuries so um and the bills didn't go out and add like the the jets you asked me about you know their limited additions on the in the offseason the bills added even fewer players because they were dealing with their own cap issues they're trying to to really clear cap space so that they have more financial flexibility in 2024 so this is an interesting year for the bills who i think are going to fade a little bit um but but you Know the Jets actually were the ones that injured Josh Allen with his elbow. Um, and we didn't really see the same player exactly past that game. Um, it felt like his health was coming and going as it goes with sort of like tendon and tendon related injuries. So, um, I think it's going to be Jets and and Bills neck and neck. I think Tua's. Uh, health with concussions is a bit um volatile like I just worry about him frankly and um we saw late in the season his performance sort of nosedive in correlation with his uh concussions repeating like we saw the repeated concussions and the play sort of like being problematic so could he come back and be, you know, the the guy that he was in the first 10 games of the season? Yes. But I think given that we saw him being con- inconsistent and we know that Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen are not going to be inconsistent, they're going to be excellent. Those two those two guys are going to compete for this division. And um, I think gut tells me Jets are going to finish a top. But I think like history tells me that the team with the legacy often wins out even though you you think that like you know what i mean like the bills are just they they've got the division on lock right now and you want to root for the guy the underdog which is kind of what the jets are right now but maybe the bills actually have that sort of like big brother advantage of being the new patriots of the division i didn't mention the patriots because i don't think they're relevant
5: That's a crazy thing to hear at this point. After 20 years of dominance, to say that the New England Patriots aren't relevant, I agree with you, but as I said, anytime you're talking about a Bill Belichick coach team, especially what we've seen the last few years when the Patriots snuck into the playoffs two years ago when nobody expected it, and even last year when they almost snuck into the playoffs when nobody expected it, You absolutely cannot say that it won't happen, although on paper, certainly, the Patriots would be a distant fourth in 2023 in the AFC East. Henry McKenna covering the AFC East for Fox Sports. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about all the latest with Quentin Williams. And then, of course, everything going on with the Jets and where they stack up in the AFC East as of right now. Really appreciate it. For those that want to follow you in social media and read your work, how can they do that? And what do you have coming up over the next couple of weeks over at FoxSports.com?
1: Yeah, so give me a follow on Twitter. You can search me as Henry McKenna, and my handle is at McKennaAnalysis. You can also go on FoxSports.com. Uh, and any any Jets related content is pretty much r- written by me download the Fox Sports app give me a follow or on the app you can actually follow my work um, or you can follow your team be it the Jets Bills Patriots or whoever else um, and that those are kind of the best ways to get my my content um, as for what's coming up uh, I We'll have uh, some stuff on Zach Wilson next week. And uh, given that I cover the whole division, um, got some cool stories coming about Patriots rookies, uh, including Christian Gonzalez and Bills rookies, including Dalton Keene. I'm going to do an interview with him today. So there'll be good content uh, if you can stomach reading about you know, the promising young players on, on other teams. (laughs) (laughs) Always good to know your
5: enemy, Henry, always good to know your enemy. So make sure that you're reading Henry's work because then you'll be fully informed on all the teams In the AFC East Which you're going to want to be able to do Because then as the season goes on You'll know exactly what's happening in the division So read Henry's work at FoxSports.com And follow him on Twitter Check out everything we're doing Over at PlayLikeAJet.com And the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel The Thunder from Down Under Luke Grant has some awesome All-22 breakdowns Including the Jets draft picks And some of their newest acquisitions In free agency including Al Woods So go to our channel YouTube.com Slash play like a jet and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play like a Jet Digital at
4: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.